everyone, welcome back to another episode of Crypto Chats. I'm your host, Kenzie Gleason, and I am back from my little hiatus. Um, if you guys didn't know, I did just move across the country. That's why, I'm pretty sure I said that in my last episode, that's why I, I took a little bit of a break, um, because it was it was a stressful move. It was about, it took us two days, 1,800 miles, um, but I now uh, live in Texas. Um, previously lived in New Hampshire, so yeah, very much a big jump across the country, but been a few weeks, feeling pretty settled here, uh, so I'm definitely uh, feeling very ready to jump back into uh, the podcasting stuff, so glad you guys are here here with me. Um, I've gotten to celebrate my move um, the entirety of this month, and maybe a little bit more, maybe a little into next month also. Um, I'm going to be doing specifically topics from Texas, uh, just because I think that's kind of fun you know, like, why not just moved here? And I didn't, honestly, I didn't know that much about, um, cryptids or UFO stuff in Texas just because I didn't live here. So it wasn't really my main focus. So now that I am here, um, I've made it a point to kind of start getting a little bit more familiar with, with what we've got here in the Lone Star State. Um, and also before we jump fully into this week's episode, I just want to apologize ahead of time for the way my voice sounds. Um, since I have moved, my allergies have been really bad, uh, so I'm a little extra nasally and sniffly. Um, and my apologies for that. Just, you know, need a little time to adjust to the fact that there are brand new trees around me every single day and the climate's a little different, so you know how it is. Anyway, this week we are going to talk about the Houston Horror, aka the Houston Batman, um, is a really interesting story. So without further ado, let's get into it. In the early morning hours of June 18th in 1953, the residents of Houston, Texas were met with a bizarre and terrifying creature that they could not explain. It was a hot and humid night that left three neighbors, middle-aged housewife Hilda Walker, 14-year-old Judy Myers, and a 33-year-old man named Howard Phillips sitting together on a front porch unable to sleep the trio was enjoying the peaceful night when they spotted a large black winged figure sitting on a tree branch above them, silently observing them. They described the figure as around six and a half feet tall, with a body incredibly similar to that of a human man. The one obvious exception to the human physique was a large pair of black bat wings jutting off its back. The figure appeared to the trio to be wearing a skin-tight black suit, though that very well could have just been its skin and it also emitted a strange glow that was yellow in color. A few minutes after they noticed the Batman, as they now called it, the creature displayed what the witnesses called a light show before taking off into the sky and disappearing. Now, this was not the only encounter associated with the Houston Horror, but the others are much different and likened to England's Spring-Heeled Jack, who is an absolute menace to the world. Um, if you are not familiar with Spring-Heeled Jack, uh, might I recommend... A, an episode by the Manic Pixie Dream Goals podcast, aka my other show, if you were not familiar, in which uh, Sarah and I did some uh, creatures and, and beings from the UK, and I covered Spring Heeled Jack. Spring Heeled Jack is the absolute worst. He is a terror, and I do not like him. Um, now, that being said, <laughs> Uh, with the the correlation to Springheel Jack in this situation, um, I think it's important to know who it is. So if you don't know who Springheel Jack is or what his his whole gig was, um, I would definitely recommend kind of uh, 
listening to that or, you know, doing your own research on him uh, after, or if you want to pause right now and, you know, so you have that fresh uh, relation in your mind, uh, whichever. But I think I definitely would recommend doing it because it does kind of make sense a little bit uh, with some of the things I'm about to tell you. So moving on. That being said, about a week prior to the encounter with the winged beast in Houston, another woman reported being attacked in her car by a figure matching almost the same description, just without the mention of wings. The unnamed woman reported that she was driving home through the streets of Houston when a figure stopped her in the middle of the road and proceeded to attack her, even going as far as to drag the woman out of her car. There were a handful of other attacks, attacks excuse me, by a figure clad in black with a, a quote-unquote flashing light, including April 13th the same year, 1953, and then again in May 6th the following year, so 1954, with some more sprinkled in between, but after that, sightings of the figure seemed to die off. So, if we're going to take the Spring-Heeled Jack connection um, and kind of think about that for a second, it almost as if uh, there was somebody committing some, you know, gnarly crimes throughout the city of Houston in 1953, and uh, instead of it being a Batman creature, a, you know, a, a winged humanoid creature flying through the sky. It was simply just a dude being a, being a dick. Um, and, you know, I, I don't at all discredit the original three witnesses that saw the wings because I have another, uh, encounter to relate it to in a moment here. But I think that there is, uh, a good number of these attacks and encounters that were kind of attributed to the Houston Batman that were probably more of just general crime committed by like probably maybe the same dude just running around being a fucking dickhead uh, and they were just pinned on this you know one instance of these people seeing this creature with wings because it was kind of easy to I think we've all seen a lot of times that it's easy to just slap a title on something and not think about it further because it makes it easier than having to think about it further. Um, and I, I personally think that that's probably what happened. However, in 1986, there was another encounter of a large black winged creature that emitted a weird light only 30 miles away from where uh, these three neighbors saw this winged creature at the Houston Johnson Space Center. Now, I did an episode on that creature a few months back. It's called Frank Shaw's Gargoyle. And personally, I think that it is more possible that those two things could be connected. Um, so you've got this Houston Batman that made its first appearance in 1953. Um, and you have to remember that the way that these people uh, described it was as if it was wearing a skin-tight bodysuit, um, and they alluded it to having like a very man-like physique, so you could maybe assume... I mean, this is just speculation on my part, so uh, just bear with me, but you could kind of maybe assume that, you know, the, the Batman, the Houston horror, was a youngin' at that time, uh, and then, you know, 30 years later, and literally, I think it's it's technically 28 miles away uh, from where that house was to where the Houston Johnson Space Center is. Um, you know, 30 years later, you've got 
this other person who's seeing this creature that matches the description to a T. And if you, I mean, you know, I don't want to super spoil it for anybody, but if you haven't listened to the Frank Shaw's Gargoyle episode at this moment, you should pause it and listen to it first before I spoil anything for you. But if you'll recall, there were a couple different people that saw that specific creature that Frank Shaw reported uh, in that time period. That was not a one-off sighting. There were a lot of people that witnessed um, that creature. So I personally think that those two are connected. Um, That might not be the popular opinion, especially because it does... It does make sense, um, you know, my original thought on some of the other attacks and encounters that were attributed to the Houston horror being just just a dude, just a dude causing some, some mischief and doing some things he probably shouldn't have been doing, um, and it kind of being blamed on this, you know, supernatural, out-of-this-world being. Um, but I, it to me, it makes sense. You know, you've got these three people who were all wide awake, and notice this creature studied it for, you know, a few moments before it took off on them. There's, there's no, I feel like you can't really mistake bat wings on a person. Um, and that's, that's again, how some of those other encounters differ from this one where they didn't necessarily describe the wings. That's not to say that the creature didn't have wings, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you miss little details like that when you suddenly shit hits the fan and you're like, oh God, you, you know, your brain takes a second to, to catch up and kind of figure out what it is you're doing. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's what I have for you guys this week. Um, this one was fun, especially because while doing my research, I, you know, very suddenly came to that that conclusion, or not maybe the conclusion, the uh, realization that, oh my God, these two things could be connected. And I remember, um, you know, I had a, a really good time doing the Frank Shaw's Gargoyle episode because I thought it was fascinating. So coming to that realization that, that wait a minute, these things are 30 miles away from each other uh, is super cool, like really, really fun for me. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I have for you guys. Um, as we kind of, as I get kind of back into the groove of doing the podcast thing, um, my episodes will get a little longer. So I apologize for how short this one was. Um, but with that being said, I will see you guys next week with a brand new Texas terror. Um, thanks for sticking around and I'll see you next time. Bye.